Gospel of John, chapter 8. Today is a day, the 4th of July, that some in this country celebrate the, the independence, the victory over the, uh, and the rebellion against the English government who is ruling here, where they were broken free from English government's rule and set up their own rule. For us who are in Christ, we have a very different celebration and it's 365 days a year. And we read about it here, that Jesus, we read this often, because it's very powerful, what Jesus says here in verse 30, John chapter 8 and verse 30. And as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those who believed in him, If you abide in my word, or remain in my word, or continue in my word, some say, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants that have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you'll be made free? And Jesus answered them, Surely I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And the slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Real freedom, liberty, independence. And Jesus announced that to the, to the Jewish people who believed in Him. But when He said that, that you should know the truth and the truth shall set you free, I said, well, what do you mean? We're not slaves. We're always free. We're free people. We're not slaves. What kind of freedom was Jesus announcing here? What kind of liberty? Jesus said He came to set the captives free. What kind of captives? What kind of prisoners? And He goes on to talk about it. When He says, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So he's talking about liberty, freedom from sin. And he says, A slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The Bible tells us that we have liberty in Christ. But liberty, freedom, from what? And for what? And as we clearly see here, that if we continue in sin, we're enslaved. But if we're freed from sin, if we continue in Him, Jesus said, if we continue in His Word, He says the truth will set us free. We shall know the truth, the truth shall set us free. And he goes on to say, if the Son makes you free, you will be free for real. Real freedom, real victory, real liberty, real independence. Now this, for the Christian, 
sets up a conflict. Because sometimes when we're not walking right, we feel like we're not free at all. We feel like we're in bondage, we're enslaved. Why? We must believe the things that we have been told here in the Word of God. The New Testament tells us we're free. The word we've been remembering week after week is from the words of Habakkuk that Paul brought about again in the the book of Romans, where he says, the just shall live by faith. And when it talks about living by faith, it means living by faith in what we've heard. When we hear that we've been made freed from sin, we must believe it. We must stop making excuses for carnal behavior, for ungodly behavior. If we believe the gospel, we must live the gospel. We must live what we believe. Say, well, I I don't find the power to do that. So this is what we're going to look in today as we look in the scriptures and look at some of the scriptures, some of the other things that Jesus and the apostles taught concerning this liberty, this freedom, this independence that Jesus talked about. He says right before that in the chap in the same chapter in verse twelve, chapter eight and verse twelve, he said to them, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. Possess it. And we possess the light of life through faith and through following Jesus. This is what this is the words of Jesus. If you follow me. And so we're going to also talk about what it means to follow Jesus. And how can someone, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And how can we do that? That's a pretty high bar. It's a hurdle, isn't it? To follow the Son of God. In what way? How? So these are the questions that we're going to, we're going to probe today. 2 Peter chapter 1. We were in 2 Peter this morning, in the same chapter 1, but earlier in that. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of the Lord and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
Now this passage here tells us some very powerful and liberating things. If we believe that. You know, many people, they profess Christ, but when it comes to these things, they don't seem to grasp them. They don't seem to take hold of them. They don't seem to walk by them. But we must keep on reminding ourselves of these and continue to remind each other of these things. As Peter says later in this chapter, he says, as long as I'm with you, I'm going to keep on reminding you of these things. He says in verse 12, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in this present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, his body, while he's still here on the earth, to stir you up by reminding you. In verse 15 it says, Moreover, I will be careful to ensure you always have a reminder of these things after my death. Peter knew that he was going to be mortared soon. And so he kept on reminding him of this truth over and over again. That God has given us something. He has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. He's given us exceedingly great and precious promises that we might be partakers of the nature of God. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But if we're still walking in corruption... Or if we keep on going back and forth and flip-flopping, you see the nature of the problem. That's why Peter says, I have to keep on reminding you these things over and over again. And after I'm dead, after I've been executed, and after I'm crucified, he said, and I'm gone from here, he goes, I'm leaving something with you to remind you. All this time that I reminded you, he goes, that hope that I'm praying that it will stay with you after I'm gone. That God has given for us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, through the knowledge of Christ. And by Him, we escape the corruption that is in the world through lust, evil desire. The corruption of man. We can escape these things through the knowledge of Christ and all that He's done for us. What has Jesus done for us on the cross? Well, He died for our sins. Yes, He did. Most importantly. And we're forgiven. Because He loved us. And He made this way for us. And we're forgiven. We know that. And that liberates us from the guilt of our sins. And it also enlightens us to the love of God for us. But there's more. That's not the beginning and the end of it. Because that's true, He has also given us He says, to be partakers of His nature. And this is a very important thing. This is what Jesus was talking about when He said, we must be born again. Unless we are born of water and of the Spirit. Number one, He says, we cannot see the kingdom of God, present tense, and we will not enter the kingdom of God, future tense. Promises for now, the experience of now, the future. Eternity, for now and eternity. We cannot see the kingdom of God. And unless we're born of water and the Spirit, we shall not enter the kingdom of God. 
We're born of the Spirit. We can't see these things and we have no hope, then we're not born of the Spirit. It is through being born of the Spirit that we have vision and we have hope. We're born again. Born of the Spirit. And he says, through these great and precious promises, he says, we have, that through these promises, we may be partakers of God's nature. Receiving of the Holy Spirit. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so then he talks about growing in the fruit of the Spirit. In verse 8 he says, If these are things are yours and abound, you will be neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things, these fruits, is short-sighted and blind and has forgot that he was cleansed from his old sins. Past tense. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make sure of your calling and your election. For, he, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and for so an entrance shall be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What Peter says here, he says, if we're not walking in this, if we're not bearing the fruit of the Spirit, he says, we've become blind, spiritually blind, and forgot that we were cleansed from our old way of life. If we're still walking in our old way of life, we forgot that we were cleansed from that. As we read a few weeks ago, it's like the, the dog going back and eating his vomit, or the pig that was washed goes back to playing in the mud. From there, we would go to Ephesians chapter 4. As we're turning there, I want to think of a few scriptures from 1 John as we're looking to go to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm getting there. It says in 1 John that he who says who know him should walk as Jesus walked. And that's a really high bar. Now we begin to understand what Jesus said. He who follows me shall not be in darkness. Following Jesus is walking in his footsteps, walking the way he walked, living the way he lived. It's like, wow. Well, Jesus was the Son of God. That was easy for him. No. It says he was tempted in all points like us, yet without sin. He endured temptation. He took on a body of sin. But yet he committed no sin. But... It says for us that we're to walk as Jesus walked. It says also in 1 John chapter 4, we know that we are in Him because as He is, so we are in the world. Think this, this bar seems to get getting higher and higher and higher to, to clear that hurdle. It's all way up there. How could I ever hurdle that hurdle? How is that possibly possible? 
The person who says that is looking at himself. The person who understands what this is saying is the person who realizes that we, through Christ, have been made partakers of His nature. He has given us His Holy Spirit. And so, He has given us all things we need to live like Him. And so that's why it says that we should walk as He walked. Those who say that they know Him should walk as He walked. I'm not, those are not my words. Those are the words of Jesus and the apostles. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. God will make us what He desires us to be as we follow Him. And what is it He wants us to be? wants us to be like Jesus. And you know, as a young Christian, I used to pray, Oh Lord, help me to stop doing this. Oh Lord, deliver me from this sin. Deliver me from that temptation. Deliver me from my bad temper. Deliver me from this. Deliver me from that. And one day, I will say that a spiritual light went on. And that light is... We have been delivered from these things through Christ. He has given us His nature. Well, what's the problem then? We're not walking in it. We're listening to the flesh, not the Holy Spirit. We're, we're, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, would lead us. He would guide us. He would teach us. But are we listening? Are we listening? Are we looking? Are we hearing what He's saying? Are we following His guidance? Are we being stubborn and resisting the Holy Spirit? Like Stephen said that the Jews were doing. You always resist the Holy Spirit. The Bible says not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. He's given us His nature. So, we, as we say, the saying we always say is, in Christ is the end of all excuses. Stop making excuses and provisions for the flesh to walk in. It's the end of all excuses. When we, when we are in Christ, that ends all excuses because He's given us everything we need for life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him, through His great and precious promises, through the nature that He's given us, through the Spirit He's put inside of us, the same Spirit that has raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us, says Romans chapter 8. I'm not making this stuff up. It's right here. We read this stuff all the time. Ephesians 4 and verse 17. <clears throat> this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, 
to walk on cleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. The Apostle Paul is speaking to who here? Unbelievers? No. He's speaking to the church at Rome. He's speaking to believers who he commended for their walk in Christ. But he says, don't continue, don't walk as the people of the world. In vanity. Superficial life. In the vanity of their mind. Their understanding is dark. That means we can still walk this way. People in Christendom still walk this way. They profess Christ. Some, maybe we're doing that. Maybe we had a bad day yesterday. This is not condemnation. This is exhortation, encouragement to get out of that. And that there's hope. You may have done the same thing wrong 2,000 times. But guess what? Today, we understand that who the Son sets free is free indeed. But we must believe it. We must live by faith in the things that Jesus and the Apostles said to us. And live by them. Doesn't matter if we did it a hundred times before. Today is a new day. Today is the day to be of liberty. Walk in the Spirit. Walk by faith in the Son of God. Walk in the way the Holy Spirit is leading us because guess what? He has empowered us. We have been given not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-control. So if it's a spirit of self-control, that means we can control ourselves. So why haven't I been controlling myself? Do we believe in the power of the Spirit? Do we believe in the new life? Do we believe that God has given us everything we need? It is a walk of faith. We may not see it, but we must learn to walk on the water. Walk by faith. About what Jesus said about us, what the apostles said about us. And he says that we should no longer walk the way we did before. That means there must be a way out. There must, must be a way of deliverance from all that. And as we begin to read here, the next things we read tell us we have already received that power. Verse 21, If indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man. What is this new man? Which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. The new man... It says it's created after God. We just read that in 2 Peter chapter 1. That He has made us partakers of the nature of God. That is the new man that's created after God in righteousness and true holiness. But if we don't believe it, we're not going to walk in it. We're not going to walk in a new man if we don't think it's real. If we don't think it exists. 
If we have been born in the Spirit, that is the new man. That's created after God. Created in righteousness and true holiness. It's in the heart. It's something real. This isn't fairy tales, like, like Peter said we read in communion meditation. We haven't believed fairy tales. Fables. This is real. The new birth is real. And walking in it is real. So we're praying for God to change me so I can love these people that have wronged me. So I can, you know, there is a spirit of unlovingness in the church. But the Bible says we've been given a spirit of love. If we're in Christ, we've been given a spirit, spirit of power. Power over what? Power over our old nature. The Bible says put away the old man. That's power. That's power to put away our sinful nature that wants to do all this stuff that's evil. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, Those who are Christ have put to death, have crucified the flesh with its affections and its lusts. And this is what we're reading here. Putting off the old man, putting it to death, crucifying it. The Apostle Paul said, I died daily. What do you think he's talking about? When Jesus said we must deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Him. A cross means death. <laughs> cross is death. It was death for Jesus. It was death for the apostles that died. Peter died on a cross. As, as we, we read that Jesus told him he would die on a cross. The cross means death. So putting off the old man means death to the old man. Death to the old nature. Death to the old way of life. Put off the old man. Crucifixion. Death. So I don't understand that. That's what the gospel is all about. It is about walking in liberty and freedom. Walking in freedom. Liberty. Both walk in the Spirit. Walk in the new man. Follow Jesus. It's all talking about the same thing. Being led by the Spirit. It's all talking about one and the same thing. The Christian life. This is life in Christ. And what it's all about. So we're praying for God to, to deliver us from immorality. To deliver us from a bad temper. To deliver me from an unloving spirit. To deliver me from uh, a, you know, a, a a judgmental spirit to deliver me. Guess what? The Bible says that we're in Christ. He's given us the nature that if we walk in it, we are delivered. It's there. You know, I have seen people with tremendous musical ability and talent. It's God-given talent. I mean, you see it I mean, you see it and they can pick up an instrument and in no time, you know, but, you know, they can, they can start picking it up. There's just, some people just have that certain something as God-given talent for that. But for some of them, it's an untapped potential. Hey, yeah, they play around, but they never really, really go after it, never really develop it, never really use it. But you say, what's there? Why aren't they using it? 
you kind of see what I'm talking about here. That we as, that are in Christ can have a lot of untapped potential. That even though we have everything we need for life and godliness, we might not be walking and using it all. We not be, we may not, you know, being partakers of the nature of God the way we should be. To walk as Jesus walked. And you know, it shouldn't be that way. And so he says, put off our old conduct. Talks about lewdness, you know, ungodliness, immorality, uh, immodesty, all these ungodly things that we used to walk in. He says, put them off. He says, put off an unloving spirit. He says, put it up. It's it's corrupt according to deceitful lusts, uncleaning, uncleanness, greediness, past feeling. That's numb. Being past feeling, not able to love. Not able to forgive. And we must be forgiven ourselves before we're able to forgive others. Experiencing Christ. And then He gives us ability. He says, if you give us all these things, then use it. Then walk in it. Put off the old man. And then we read in verse 24. Be renewed. Verse 23 says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. To what? this new life we have. This new ability. This new power. This loving spirit. This holy spirit. The spirit of holiness. Keep on to be have that renewed in your mind. And then he says, and then walk in. He says, that you put on the new man which was created according to God or after God in righteousness and true holiness. That's how we can live like Jesus lived. And and the Apostle Paul is laying it out here. He lays it out also in his letter to the Colossians. But here it is laid out for us in plain language. Verse 25. Put away lying and speak the truth to each other. Verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Let the sun not go down on your wrath. Not sitting. Not losing your temper. That's a fruit of the flesh. When someone wrongs us, not to lose our temper. How can we do that? It's part of the new man. Self-control. The Bible says that anger rests in the bosom of fools. Not giving place to the devil. All the temptations of the devil, all the deceitfulness, all the false teachings, all the false things that come into our mind that are against the Word of God. Put it away. Bring every thought captive to obeying Christ. Put all that other stuff away. Let not corrupt words come out of your mouth. We have self-control in Christ. It's given to us. Say, well, I'm not controlling it. I don't see it. We won't see it if we don't believe it. We must live the life of faith concerning this new man. And then the experience that we've had. Is it real? Have I been born of the Spirit? In Galatians 5 it says, 
if we have been born of the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. A life live, a, a direction we're traveling in. Walking in the Spirit. Let not any corrupt words come out of our mouth, but only words of grace that minister grace to the hearers. Is that what we're doing when we talk to others? We're just speaking words that are gracious to others, words of grace. You know, I have heard people tell me, people in the world tell me, and even backslidden Christians tell me, you know, this person professes to be a Christian, they won't even talk to me. They don't have anything to do with me. That's not the Spirit of God. When Jesus was on this earth, He demonstrated one thing, His love for sinners. The Pharisees didn't understand that. They were the ones who wouldn't have anything to do with sinners or even touch anything they touched. Oh, stay away from them. They're unclean. It's not the Spirit of Christ. They insulated themselves from sinners. Jesus reached out to sinners. It was an out, he was, he was, his ministry was an outreach towards sinners. The ministry of the apostles was an outreach towards sinners. And it talks about brothers. If one of you, if you see one of your brothers as sin, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also fall from your steadfastness. A pharisaical, a Pharisee spirit will cause you to fall from your steadfastness. Jesus loved sinners. Jesus had an outreach towards sinners. For those who are backslidden, it says that one of the sheep goes astray. He left the 99 to go out to try to find the one who went astray and brings them back. Throws them on his shoulder and brings them back. Carries them back. Carrying this to restore the sinners. That's the new man. Imparting grace to the hearers. A spirit of grace. Verse 31. Verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by which you were sealed for the day of redemption. Can we think of some of the ways we're living? And if we think of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, that the way we're living sometimes is grievous to him. You know? Troublesome thing. Not taking him by surprise. But he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God that's living in you. Walk with him. Walk the way he's leading you. What do you think God gave him your spirit, his spirit for? Why has he given us his spirit? To lead us, to guide us, to teach us, to comfort us, to fill us. And let all, verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, bad temper, anger, clamor, that's arguing, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. All bad feelings towards others. You just put it away. That's putting away the old man. And live. This is walking in the Spirit. Are we resisting that? Well, you don't know what that person did to me. You don't know what that person is doing. Stop making excuses. This is life in the Spirit. If it wasn't possible, God would not tell you to put it away. 
If it was not possible to live a holy life, He would not tell you to live in it, to walk in it. If it was not possible to control our tongue, control our tempers, He wouldn't tell us to control them. But He says, put away that stuff. If it wasn't possible, put away. He wouldn't tell you. But in the new birth, it's possible to put it away. And if we have a bad day, this is not for our condemnation. This is for our hope. This is for our encouragement. That it's possible. That it's real. It's not just a lot of pie-in-the-sky talk. A holy life. Verse 32. And be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. God has forgiven us our sins. And he says, be kind, tender-hearted, and forgive each other. No, I don't want to forgive them. Then you don't want to walk in the Spirit. You have an issue between you and God. It's bigger than the issue you have with that person. There's an issue between yourself and God. Because as we get into the next chapter, the bar gets even higher. It says, be imitators of God as dear children. Imitate God. Imitate His Son, Jesus. His life, His manners, His way of life. What He did for others. He laid down His life for us. The imitators of God. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave Himself for us. There it is. It's all laid out. This high standard that God has laid out for us. Well, this is impossible to live like this. Really? If we put on the new man and walk in it and put off the old man by the power of the Holy Spirit, oh, it's possible. Stop saying it's not possible to imitate God. Because the Bible says it is. The Bible says to walk as, that we should walk as Jesus walked. The Bible says that we should follow in His footsteps. Jesus said, He who follows Me will not be in darkness. The high standard of the life in Christ. He's given us everything we need. Now walk in. Just like the guy who's been given all these earthly talents and doesn't use them. Use them. Use them. The same way. Be partakers of God's nature. Walk in the Spirit and you will begin to see day by day that God is changing us every day to be conformed into His image. We become like Jesus as we walk with Him, as we put off the old way and put in the new. It's possible. He's telling us it's possible. If we believe it, we'll be encouraged and have hope to walk in. If we don't believe it, then we don't believe what's written in the Word of God here. And so when we read the words that Jesus said, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. It is for liberty, it says in Galatians 5.1, that Christ has set us free, so don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. 